Welcome back to downloadable content, Final Fantasy VII, 20th episode. We are still here. Ron and Gabe are leveling up their materia. They are, they've are... I've got my shiny new snake slippers on right now after killing and skinning the Midgars all them. Yep, that that's good. That's good. Everyone, you know, get are you're raising your chocobos, mastering your summons, all that fun stuff. But yes, let's pick up where we left off. You know, the, cl- the the game finally opens up. You are out on the world map, and just the theme for the map is one of my favorite themes in all of video games. It's such a beautiful theme. You also get to see for the first time exactly how much life energy has been sucked out of the surrounding area of Midgar. Yes. And holy shit, Midgar looks like a fucking wasteland. Yeah. And, every- and within, like, Within, like, two screens, which I'm sure for, like, walking distance would probably be equate to, like, 50 miles. But, like, basically within a 50-mile radius in Midgar, it's, like, radioactive wasteland. And, like, past that, it's just, like, oh, all healthy and vibrant and lively and green. And, like, holy dear shit, you guys have really fucking ruined your your local ecosystem. Yeah, bit. It's, it, it is a very, very desolate area of the world, so... And then, oh, wait a minute, now there's lush greenery. So we go over to Calm, where the game very, very... It doesn't even imply, it just tells you, where are we going? Oh, we're going to Calm, all right. So you go to Calm, and it serves as a function not only for a giant block of exposition... That is about to come your way, but also I think the focal point for like one or two side quests. It's meant to be like the first town that you can go to outside of Midgar where you can like rest up and save and heal and buy new items. Yep. Because at this point in time, most people, most people in your party haven't actually changed their equipment for their weapons. I think Barrett and Tifa got new weapons potentially, but that was about it. Colm's the first town that you can actually, like, buy new weapons and see, like, the new junctionings and, and, and like, see how many material slots you can get from them. Yeah, it, it's interesting, too, because to Final Fantasy VII's credit, in any other game, Colm would just be the town that you get to within the first half hour, you know. Um, it's, you know, the establishing town, at least back then, you know, a lot of the games... You'd, you'd leave your wherever you start from, and then you'd arrive at the first town, and it would be sort of like Calm was. You get some, you get a ton of exposition, you find out your purpose, whereas Seven just sort of throws you in there and says, all right, survive, 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 and eventually we'll, you'll get to that town, and that town is Calm. Yeah, and you, you've already got six or seven hours of gameplay under you. You've already got some some excellent groundwork laying some plot and foundation and then so you go to the inn in calm where cloud just vomits exposition at you and he yeah. it, he relays his entire experience or what he thinks is his experience uh with Sephiroth you know the last meeting being 5 years ago in his hometown and explaining how... Of Nibelheim. Of Nibelheim, yes. You know, what happened on that fateful mission with Sephiroth, and, you know, 
what happened to Sephiroth that made him go berserk? Also gives you the first inclination of what we were meant to believe is Sephiroth as being a badass. Because at this point in time, in this flashback, Cloud's got like 140 HP and gets one-shot by almost everything you fight. Whereas with Sephiroth, he will basically one-shot everything he cuts, okay. and has like 5,000 HP and life 2 and a bunch of other like really strong materia. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Just, just letting you know that this guy is the shit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, something happens in Nibelheim that causes Sephiroth to just completely and utterly lose it. When he comes to the realization that everything he kind of knows has been a lie. And it's such an earth-shattering revelation that he uh, sets Nibelheim on fire. Well, to, okay, so, so for those who aren't unaware, Sephiroth comes to the belief that he is not an actual human being. He was, in fact, created out of some weird amalgamation of Genova cells and Ancetra DNA, much like the people that you encounter in the in the reactor room in, in Nibelheim, which are like, which is also the game explaining where all these monsters are coming from. They're yeah. radioactive experiments caused by Hojo, because mad scientist. Yep. And this revel re uh, this realization causes Sephiroth to think that. He is meant to be the heir of the planet. Yeah, Th that like he, he, he he will go to the promised land and rule over all, being being Geno being the child of Genova, which he believes himself to be. Yep. So we have all of that, and during all of this exposition, there's so much exposition that it actually asks you if you want to save through it. Xena Saga? Uh. Yeah. Um, also, keep in mind, too, that throughout all this exposition, Tifa's there. And Tifa was in Nibelheim during all of this. And she chose not to speak up about any of it, Does... only to agree with what Cloud said. Uh-huh. Which you don't know at the time. You figure this out later. And you just went, Tifa, why did you... Tifa. Tifa, it's called having a spine. I, you obviously have one because otherwise you wouldn't be standing up straight with the amount of boobage you have going on right now. But holy tits, girl. It's called having a spine. Use it. Yeah, you know, I think you know, the narrative would have been so much different if at that point in the game, Tifa just went, no, that's not what happened. <laughs> yeah. Like, from a story perspective, I thought it would be much more interesting if, like, Cloud gives his his point of view on things and then maybe not even saying it in front of Cloud's face, maybe, like, while Cloud's talking, sleeping at night, like, Tifa pulls Barrett and Red 13 and Eris aside and goes, like, uh, yeah, that's all wrong. And here's what actually happened and explains... You know what? What happened? What, what really happened? I mean, you do get well from, from well from her point of view too, because she's she's missing some few, a few key points in there as well. Right. 
I mean, you get during that scene, though, during all of this, you know, there are a couple of inc- a couple of cues in the dialogue where y- you th- you get a, a suspicion that what Cloud is saying might not be entirely genuine from Tifa. Yeah. Also, there's the fact that, like, the, the exposition dump ends with there being a standoff between Sephiroth and Cloud, and then it's like, like, cut Sephiroth, cut the Cloud, cut Sephiroth, cut the Cloud, like fades the white from that. Yep. And then Cloud's like, and that's it. To which Barrett goes, that's it. That's it? Really? That's it? What? How'd you, like, how'd you beat him? You described him as a badass and him wiping the floor with you, like, in every other situation. How did you beat him? To which Cloud goes, Shrug. Shrug. To which Cloud goes, I'm the narrator, I have the most power. <laughs> you hold no power here, mere mortal. So, you know, we got some question marks there, but, you know, all right, fine. So we move on from Calm after everybody gets an upgrade, and you realize as you're, you're not, after you get back on the world map, you realize where you have to go, but there's this giant sort of pond that's blocking you, and there's this really, really big enemy. This sort of snake like enemy. And. If you, oh, yeah, that terrified me. The Midgar Zolom sitting in a swamp between you and the the cave entrance to uh, Junin, Junin Harbor. Junin, uh, well, yes, that you, you go to Junin Harbor after this, but there's also Fort Condor. Yeah. But, so you're like, okay, because how many, how many of us made the mistake the very first time we played thinking, oh, we'll just walk across this swamp? Because as soon oh, okay. as soon as you do, the Zolom's like <clears throat> be makes a beeline for you. <laughs> um, I didn't. Hope you saved. I went, to the farm. I went to the Chocobo Farm first because I saw that like, because from my point of view, I was like, oh look, I'm walking, I'm walking across. La, 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 la. Oh look, there's a farm here. Let me go check it out. Ooh, wait, there's Chocobos here. Sweet. Does me I get a Chocobo? And then it's like, oh, I actually have to be here. Yeah, that, then, yeah, you realize, oh, well, how do I get across this? Because, you know, hopefully you would just recently save because at this point, the Midgar Zolom will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> like, he will either bite you guys until you're dead or he'll cast Triad and one-shot you entirely, yep. your entire party. So, um yeah. Yeah. So, the funny thing is, it is actually possible to cross that thing without actually doing any of the Chocobo side quest stuff. Huh. Um, most people, then, when they speed run Final Fantasy VII, there's a certain, it basically a combination of abusing the cliff faces and knowing how this Midgar Zolom like snakes around. Where if you hug one of the walls and you get the Midgar Zolom to bounce off of him in a certain position, he'll basically just like bounce around you until you get across the swamp. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. It is. Pretty, yeah, it is pretty awesome. But now you go to Chocobo Farm and you learn how to to catch and ride a chocobo, and you are also given your first summon, which is Choco- Chocomog. Chocomog, right? yes, that's your first summon. Yeah. Hmm. Mo- so it's. It, I think it ends up being that like there's a one in thirty two chance of you getting fat chocobo. And then that chance increases as the as the material levels, right? Yes. Yeah. 
and then it eventually gets to be like one in four chance or something like that. Yeah, it's for, for a starting summon. That's it's you know not bad. No, it's um like three hundred physical damage basically, or nine elemental magic damage, which is pretty decent. And then if you have Fat Chocobo, it's like twelve hundred or something like that. Oh yeah, you, you're hoping at that early stage of the game, you're hoping for Fat Chocobo. It's like, yeah. So, all right, you get your, you know, you're you're trying to get your Chocobo, and you know that you're you're gonna you you're on the battle screen with one because suddenly you start hearing the theme music from Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. And. You get your chocobo, you cross the, the pond because you can outrun the Midgar Zolum. <laughs> also, also, even if he touches you, he just bounces off you because you're immune to battles while you're on what, a chocobo. While you're on a chocobo, yep. It's like, nope, I'm on Big Bird. Nothing can touch me. <laughs> yeah, I'm on my save zone. I'm I'm on the floating platform. Your lava can't affect me. <laughs> exactly. You get through, get to this cave across this. That's across the swamp where the Turks, which have now become really, they they've sort of take on the role of comic relief. Oh, I, love, I love that aspect of them. Like you, they, like you're in Midgar and they're all serious. But after you leave Midgar, they just sort of become comic relief. You know, they act all big and bad, but they're really, really dumb. Like really. Really yeah. dumb. This is also the first introduction to Elena, I think, which is one of the Turks. Yep. Right. Yeah. And this is also um, this is also they're all business, all badass, you know, like badass or whatever. They're all you know mafia esque. Um, before President Shinra dies, and then after, they're led by Rufus, who's got a totally different take on things, and so then they. It, I like the way that it sort of narratively changes their development too. Like they're they're set up as as one set of people, and then they become a different set when their leadership changes, which I thought was pretty cool and and realistic in that way because they don't have old fat ass hovering over us all the time, you know. So whatever they say, I mean, they're still being coordinated by. Heidegger, right? I think I can't remember. It's I been Scarlet is Scarlet. That that's right. But um, but at the very top of the pyramid, there's no longer President Shinra, who I don't think anyone liked all that much. Um, like even in the world of the game, including Rufus, I don't think Rufus liked Shinra very much. But um, but yeah, before you get into the cave, I I would be remiss to not mention that after, you know, in the experience of someone who didn't just run it into the Chocobo farm and get a Chocobo before even getting to the marsh, you know, having been faced by the Midgar Zolum, which just wipes you out, and then you finally are able to get across the swamp, before you get to enter the cave, there's a Midgar Zolum impaled, right? That's on, right! Yeah. Yeah, the you, you, you get a very small cutscene where no, he's not impaled on Sephiroth's sword. He's impaled on a tree. Oh, he's impaled on a tree. That's yeah, right. it, 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 it basically looks like it basically looks like Sephiroth fought a Midgar Zolom, and yeah. instead of killing him with his sword, just grabbed the tree and impaled the son of a bitch. On yeah, it. which again just builds Sephiroth up that much more, and and I, I really I do admire the way they 
just build this mythos and this this all-powerful uh, character in Sephiroth just by symbolism and implication and and uh, Cloud's faulty narrative, you know? Yeah. You get through the marsh, you get into the cave, you meet the Turks, you know, again, there's that music. Do-do-do. And... <laughs> Is, is this, um, do you get the long-range materia in the cave, or do you get it after the, the boss fight in Junon Harbor? Which one? The long-range materia. Uh, I feel like you get that in the cave, but I don't know. Yeah. So, so You do get that in the cave, yes. Okay, so for for those unawares, there's there was a concept introduced in Final Fantasy VII where if you didn't have a ranged weapon... Certain enemies, you just straight up could not attack with your melee. They didn't characters. have that in six. I thought they had that in six for some. No, summer. that was not in six. No. Huh. And 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 they and like it's kind of realistic. Like no guy with a sword should be able to stab a bird or a flying helicopter or anything like that. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. And with the long range materia, you can have your melee characters now attack the um. The, like the the flying enemies, basically. It also did this thing where the long range materia made it so that your attack power was the same from the back row because you could adjust your party is into a front and or back and back row. So you would keep like your weaker physical characters in the back, and you could give them the long range materia, so they could also do a physical attack, which would have the same effect as if they were in the front. Or yeah. or vice versa, have your stronger uh, characters in the back yeah. do doing the same damage as if they were in the front row. So, very useful. Yeah. Um, and so you, so you get the materia, and then you get out of the cave, and then you have the option of going to Fort Condor, or you can go straight to Junon Harbor. I think most people ended up going to Fort Condor. And you could also go to the forest, right? Um, there was the forest there, but you you couldn't get then. It was only after you get across the harbor, I think, that you could get um, Yuffie. Really? I think so. It's, I, I, mean, I thought you could get her right away, because I'm pretty sure the first time I played... I missed her because I never went back. You to could that. get you could get Yuffie in any forested area. Okay, so you could get Yuffie then. All right. Yes. Okay. I I always pronounced her Yuffie growing up, but I don't know if I assumed Yuffie just because of Japanese. Yeah. Romanji. Same, but back in the day, I always just called her Yuffie. Back, Same, in, you know, back like, in my day. Yeah, in in the game, it was Eris, and it was, you know, I always read Tifa. But, you know, again, that was just based on my limited perspective at the time. So, hey, we have Orion. Yeah, I finally got here. Oh, my God. That, that's all right. You made it. You're good. Yep. Welcome. We're, we're, you you know, we've been here almost two hours. You haven't missed a whole lot. We we're, we're just getting to we're just getting to Junon for crying out loud. So, oh wow! So 
we spent like an hour and a half talking about Midgar, you know, that first part of the game. So, oh, we're, yep. we're slowly chewing our way through here. <laughs> so, so welcome aboard and we'll dive right in as needed. So, yeah, going, you know, Fort Condor, you find out that, you know, there's... There's a giant bird sitting on top of what was once a Shinra reactor. And there's this... Because it's warm. Yeah. (laughs) You have this ragtag group of people who are staying and just putting up the resistance here. Just fending Shinra. Like, no, leave the bird be. And You You have PETA and Greenpeace are like, no, leave the bird alone. And Shinra's like, no, fuck you, it's our reactor. And, you know, you can stay there to to fight the Shinra and do that side quest. It becomes a required story element later on. Yeah. But, you know, so we'll leave that behind. Then we go over to Junin. And mm-hmm. again, the, the Junin area is, again, divided into this upper area and lower area. You have in the lower area, you know, the 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 villagers and, the, you know, the, the, the poorer people. The fishermen of Junin Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, alright, well, alright, well, we need to get up above. But you have this Shinra dude that's blocking your cargo elevator. So, it's like, alright, how do we get up? Oh, we just go Mr. Dolphin! So, uh, yeah, that mind was you, so weird. Yeah, mind yeah. you, mind you, you only get Mr. Dolphin after you do a boss fight, kill a water snake, then perform CPR on on a, on, a, on, a, on an eight year old on Priscilla. Yeah, that's her name. Uh, and so you you perform CPR. The dad's grateful. You get to spend the night at his place. You get the Shiva materia. Yep. And then the eight-year-old calls over Mr. Dolphin, and then you do a little mini-game of launching yourself onto the electric scaffolding. And, oh my the... god, the depth perception. Ugh. Yeah, fucking... Like, yeah, like, like, you think you would have it perfectly lined up. No! Yeah, you're off by five feet. You're, you're off by five feet, or, you know, you're, you're, you, you, you did not get to this pixel. Because yeah. of the way that the camera is situated, it's like, oh god! So after yeah. after that charade for four hundred years, you get you climb to, the scale. You, 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 come, go ahead. you climb up the tower. You make it to the top, but lo and behold, you're in a. You find yourself in a military sort of outpost. Like, oh, Shinra's got a little bit of a military base here. Well, they do have big ass cannon on top of this harbor for no reason whatsoever so yeah that's it's just there <laughs> it, it's just there so yeah it's, and, it's 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 a military installation the high winds here and there's God, a parade going there's a parade going on for for, for the rufus. installation of rufus <laughs> and one of the guards is the guards like you there you know, and you think you're about to get caught again, but no, no, you're out of uniform, and so you. <laughs> Cloud even says this. He's like, "Oh, it's been a long time since I've worn one of these." You know? 
Yeah. And, and you have and you, you, you this whole elaborate scheme of sneaking into the back of the parade because it's already begun and you have the music and you're like, and yeah, you get you get TV producers that give you money based on how well how poorly you 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 increase their ratings. Which all right, that was cute. I just didn't fucking care. I was just like, all right, you know what? <laughs> Let's move the game on. I don't care yeah. about. I don't care about ratings. So, so another thing that's important too is you have a very small window, relatively speaking, between the parade and the the boat infiltration, where you can go into the shops here and buy things. Yes, and. And I the do. Things in the, <laughs> the thing, yeah, and the, the, the things here are relatively expensive, but they're also really freaking good. You get, like, counter and poison and... There might even be some weapons and armor that give you double yeah. double materia <laughs> growth. Like, <Yeah>. ooh! <laughs> Those come um, very much in handy for uh, certain materia I've, I've liked to use, the AKA KOTR, which I have... Uh, I love doubling. I just love getting experience for that many, many times. Yeah, um, and then you have to do a little performance parade, like showboaty thing for Shinra, for Rufus, for, Shin, for Rufus. Um, and based on how well you do, you can get an item from him, and it can vary to from like a potion to some accessory. I forget what, like, but yeah, depending I, on yeah. depending on how well you please uh, Rufus Trump, you will get a <laughs> you, you will get a certain item. Yeah. So you all sneak away onto this cargo ship because you know the scuttlebutt says that oh, where is Sephiroth? He must be here. How else would he cross to the other side? Uh, so you know. It's hilarious seeing Red 13 in a sailor outfit. As he's trying to stand up and walk around on two legs. Which he does a pretty good job at, admittedly. Except for the fact that his tail is poking out the back of his butt. And nobody notices! This is like... Every yeah. every single Shinra soldier and sailor on that ship, they're all stormtroopers. They're like, huh? Yeah. They're, um, they're all Metal Gear Solid guards. Huh? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So you so you do some exposition. You find out that um, somebody snuck onto the onto the ship, and to which you think, "Oh, it must be one of your party members." Well, you go check with all the party members and wait. Everyone's here, and there's still alerts going out for looking for this mysterious individual. Who could it be? I don't know. Maybe some maybe some white-haired dude with a really big sword. <laughs> Like a shadowy figure, <laughs> and huh. so the alarm. Yeah, because the alarm goes off, and you you see a a Shinra, uh soldier, and you 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 try to talk to him, and then he just collapses forward dead. Like ooh, because <laughs> because he's in front of like the reactor for the boat or something like that. I think is where you end up going to. He's like in the engine room. Yes. And then where his body was, Sephiroth rises out from it. <laughs> yeah. He then taunts the party before flying off, but not but not before leaving behind 
a piece of Genova, and this is the very first Genova fight we have. That music, it's like, it's like the grand, grand climax of the first movement of the game. You know, <laughs> it's the first time you have encountered him with your current party, right? Yes. Or yes. So supposedly encountered him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> not not knowing that you know there's more of him. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta find the gold chocobo. So you're heading out? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna hit the road myself, but it's been a pleasure chatting with you, and um, watch out, Sephiroth's still out there. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is out there! <laughs> he, he is in... When I was in... Um, when I was in Japan, I went to the Square Enix store... And in the floor, they have a full-sized model of Sephiroth encased in Genova, uh, in in Mako, or live live stream, in glass that you can walk over. And it was hardcore and kind of freaky at the same time. <laughs> oh, Japan! So yeah, he's out. He's out there. Is what I'm saying. He's out there. All right. Well, if you're gonna get going, then thanks for being on. Certainly. And I'll mm. talk to you later. Yeah. Till then. All right. Take care. So, so you fight Genova, you beat her, and then everyone slowly walks out of the the, the, the engine room because the boat's about to dock. Um, if you don't pick it up, you don't get it. It's the effort materia, right? Um, or, is it, or is it Ramu? I, I forget which one. It's one of the two. I think, I think it's the Frit. <laughs> Some, some, some materia. Yeah, it's one of the summer materials. And then you get to Costa del Rio, I think is what they call it. Costa del Sol, you're close. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, that fun was. It, remind me again. I think that was like where you get to do like all the casino games and all that that's, one. There. That's, that's yeah, gold, gold saucer. saucer. <laughs> oh, that's gold. Yeah, saucer. No, this is this is like the resort getaway for like all the snotty rich people from Midgar. <laughs> So basically, Florida for New York. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mare Lago. Oh, oh! <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Uh, but, but you can edit that out, Brian, if you want. But but here it's also interesting because Costel Soul, you just think, all right, you know, I'll rest up here. We'll get because there's a materia store here, and you get some pretty pretty good materia, weapons, items, um, but. You find Hojo surround. He's with a couple of women. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, dude, you, you have pastier white skin than me. How do you have two women with you? How do you know, Hojo's on a vacation? I'm like, Hojo, you're the reason why this is all going on. What the hell are you doing? You know, you 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 put us through the fucking ringer at the Shinra building. How the fuck do you get a vacation? <laughs> but he but it, you have to talk to him because he kind of tells you where to go next. He tells you to go to to Mount Corel. So 
right, so you have this, this, you know, scientist who, really, you should have put a bullet in him. Uh, game <laughs> over. <laughs> End of game. You go to, to Mount Corel, and you, uh, when you get there, you find that Barrett is getting a rather nasty reception. A very nasty reception. And you don't know why as of this point, but you, you get the feeling that there's going to be some exposition. Yay. <laughs> That's some exposition. And so they're like, all right, now we go to the gold saucer because even though in this town that's been decimated to shreds, there is still, for some reason, a rail car to <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fine. So you go to the Gold Saucer, and it is a fucking carnival, and the music is bouncing, and it's joyful, and you immediately are, you get there, and you go, oh, wait a minute, I have to actually pay? Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. No, the thing that pissed me off was that you had to pay to use the save point. Oh, yes, how could I have forgot you, about that? You had to pay thing. five uh, Gold Saucer points, a GP. Uh, to use the save point, and uh, you know which of those uh, casino games, if any, annoyed the living crap out of you that if you ever tried to play any of them. The one where you had to give the 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 mog the the right Koopo nuts so he could breathe. Oh, oh, yep. Uh. That annoyed me the most because you had to. Do, I mean, there's a there's exposition that's going to take place at the Gold Saucer, but you know, this is an area where, you know, you can let off steam, and you could, you know, I I love the Chocobo races. <laughs> I, that was so fun, and also if I remember correctly too, the Chocobo racing was how you could also get uh, good items, so you can actually breed the golden Chocobo. If I remember that correctly, right? right? If, if you if you did the Chocobo side quest, then yes. Yeah. Also, you would you needed the Gold Saucer to gain enough uh, points so that you could use the go to the battle arena oh, where yep. where if you when you got enough uh, battle points you could get Omni slash clouds uh, oh yes I, I remember uh, grinding it through those those mini games so much and just as it's just like finally I could get Omni slash and killed a certain SOB well yeah I mean I waited to get Omni slash at the uh until you know tour on disc two because by that time i had acquired the accessory ribbon and i had put it on cloud and gave him all of the hp plus materia <laughs> so i'm just like all right come at me fine come come at me bro i will paste all of you because when you do that battle square you know, every time after each enemy, there was a, a modifier like, oh, you're poisoned or no, now you're you're toad. But if you drew one of those and you had ribbon, eh! <laughs> oh. also didn't that come in handy against uh, insta death from a certain uh, weapon, a, a certain yeah, which one? I mean, good Lord. But, Emerald, I believe, but, was the one, was Emerald that caused insta death, if I remember correctly. Well, Ruby was the one that insta death people. Uh, oh yes. 
So, I mean, yeah, you get to the gold saucer, and there is, there is, you know, you're not just here for fun. There is some, some story that happens here as well, you know. Uh, but you find out, you know, there's, you meet the, you meet Kate Sith. Mm-hmm. Who, even when I played it the first time, I never used, I never used them. I didn't use them the first I, time, I and I didn't... I don't think many people use them, because at this point in time, they were probably pretty well set on having Cloud, and then a couple other people... Maybe Yuffie if you went and did her side quest stuff. Yeah, maybe Yuffie at this point. Um, it's just that, you know, I only used Kate Sith for a little bit when I played it this most recent time, because uh, only to get the Steam achievements. <laughs> like, I, you, there's, you, get your, you get a Steam achievement if you use everyone's level 1 limit break, and then you get a Steam achievement if you use everyone else's everyone's level 4 limit break. But I never even bothered getting leveling up Kate Sith to the point to get that. <laughs> I had it. I had the item to get the level 4 limit break, but I was like, no, I don't want to. No. Just no. <laughs> so you get that, and then you get to Barrett's story, because there's an incident that happens in Gold Saucer where someone gets killed, and one of the witnesses says... By, it, it was, by someone, it's a lot of people, actually. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was done by somebody who had, a gun, who had a gun for an arm. And what do you know? Someone in your party has a gun for an arm. I mean, to be fair, that's a pretty recognizable trait. A, a bit, yes. <laughs> and... If you're playing this for the first time, you're just going, Barrett, are you a, <laughs> are you a, a cold fucking killer? Because I mean, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, he's a murderer. But the difference between killing people for a cause and killing people just because you want to kill them. I don't know, Barrett. At this point of the game, could you could go off the rails? Okay, this is also because at this point in time, we also have to go through North Coral. And he gets really fucking pissy during all North Coral. Yeah, because, because when you get there, uh, he's very clearly disliked. He is very <laughs> clearly loathed, but you don't know why. But, you know, oh, somebody with a gun arm killed one of our employees. And so, lo and behold, all of you get shunted down into the desert prison. <laughs> Which is literally a prison in on, on, on the bottom floor of Gold Saucer and you can leave whenever you want except for the fact that you have to walk through the goddamn Sahara Desert to get out. <laughs> Only Sahara Desert in real in, in real world would be like five steps in in uh in uh oh, Also not to mention that the entire <laughs> desert area on that map is surrounded by quicksand. So you could yeah, never ever too. Yeah. So alright. You find out why Barrett is, you know, persona non grata you know because you know <laughs> exposition you know Shinra wanted to build a reactor in Corel and a lot of the villagers said you know this will be good we'll have jobs you know we'll have there'll be you know money coming in and you have that this one character named uh Din or Dine or however you want to pronounce it. Yeah. 
Like, uh, it's him and Bear and a couple others are like, uh, we're not entirely sure because, like, I mean, our entire livelihood's been based off of mining coal. <clears throat> what are we going to do if we can't mine coal anymore? So, and Barrett was, was actually for Shinra. It was Dine who was really, um, really adamant. Like, no, do not bring Shinra here. But he was ultimately overruled. Shinra built the reactor. And one fine day, Barrett and Dine were out and about, being lovers, I guess, or whatever they do. And... There was an accident at the reactor and the town burned? There was an accident at the reactor that Shinra blamed the town for. So, in retaliation, Shinra destroyed the town. Which made me wonder, even then, like, wait a minute. If Shinra was already employing these ruthless tactics well before the start of the game... How the fuck did anyone allow them to do anything? Shadowrun Mega Corporation logic, Brian, is the answer I have for you. (laughs) (laughs) They threw money at the problem until people said, sure, finding it to rule everything. (laughs) So, and that's also where you find out where both Din, Dine, and Barrett got their gun arms. Because they were, they were... Shot off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they 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 literally got machine gun off by a spray of bullets from Scarlet and her and her mooks. Yeah. So it leads to this actually pretty sort of, you know, sort of climactic boss fight between Barrett and Dine. And obviously you have to win this boss battle to progress with the game so (laughs) so Dine gets dead and he manages to you know give the you know I think they weren't quite free yet they were on their way they also had to win a chocobo race so the thing was was Dying gave like some key card or whatever to to Barrett and said, "Hey, you can use this to get up to gold back to the gold saucer yep. and get your freedom." And then he says, "Take care of Marlene for me." And then he goes and commits suicide. Yep. Um, you get to the top of gold saucer and signs out. Oh no, wait! You can't leave just yet. You gotta win a chocobo race first, and some sort of like prove your worth and. Uh, I don't know exactly why he had to win a chocobo race. They because the owner of the gold saucer de- demanded it. Dio. Okay. Yeah, and, and Dine did win a race, but he never left because he felt he would belong there. I guess. Corel was his home. Yeah. So you um, win the chocobo race because it's actually kind of really, really easy to do so. Um, yeah, my strategy for the, for the Chocobo race was to just completely blow all of the Chocobo's sprinting stamina right at the start and just just sort of sloth my way to the end because I had built up such a gigantic lead. Yeah. In fair, it's one of those ones where you're kind of like mental win just so you can progress the story forward. Yeah. Um, you also can get uh, Remu here, I think. 
Mm. Um, then you get the... Then not only do you earn your freedom, you also get the uh, the digger. You get the buggy. The, the, the buggy. <laughs> which lets you cross some rivers and then get to Cosmo Canyon. Yep. And Kate Sith joins your party at this point. Yeah, like officially joins. Um, also then... You get to Cosmo Canyon, you meet with um, Red Thirteen's grandfather. Bukenhagen. Who is like 150 years old. Man, walks around. It's all he says. All right, Master Roshi, we get it. <laughs> you also get some more exposition and plot dump on you. You do. And and what, and also turns out, hey, by the way, all that bullshit that Avalanche was saying about the planet being alive and like we're draining the the planet's energy with Mako energy, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that w- that was actually all absolutely true. <laughs> although the old after the reason we believe they believed it was just because it was like natural resources. No, it's more or less soul energy. You're 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 Shinra's <laughs> Shinra's converting souls into energy for 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 TV and bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> So, so keep in mind when you're playing Final Fantasy, that television so- show you're watching was paid for by the souls of dead people. <laughs> Literally, brings a, whole, brings a whole new meaning to selling your soul for a, for a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. And that, like, oh, this is like some like rebirth, reincarnation thing going on. Is the idea behind this? And what the reactors are draining the life out of the planet, and are like converting into energy, which then gets used up. It doesn't get doesn't re-enter that rebirth cycle. Right. Um, You're also given a tiny bit of of plot just before Cosmo Canyon. There's this little little tiny little town called Gungaga, and there you also you meet this the parents of a character named Zach. Uh, yep. You don't know who Zach is, but yeah, they, 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 they gave they give Zach's mom and Zach's dad, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. It, uh, was mean... this also the was this also the ruined town too? They got blown up in a reactor explosion. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Because Scarlet is in the town looking for something called huge materia. Don't tell. <sighs> don't tell Billy Fusillo. And. <laughs> You'll only understand that reference, Internet, if you live in upstate New York. Just oh, <laughs> God. Uh, that, that still gives... That just uh, gives me nightmares. So, she's, looking, she's, looking for, she's looking for great material, huge material, fantastic material for us to, <laughs> to use. Terrific material. The, the best... Yeah. Mat- <laughs> so, material is so good. It's so, so good. But, but you meet Zach's parents, and... It's this tiny little thing because, you know, they remark that Cloud looks like him. But Cloud has no memory of this Zack. And I I love it because Square didn't really make a big deal out of this particular scene. It it was kind of treated almost like run-of-the-mill NPC dialogue. Yeah. Also, keep in mind too. You can you can entirely ignore this town too. You don't even you don't even have to go to this town. It's completely optional. Yeah. I mean, it, when you, you do though, you get another meeting with the Turks. You know, 
they find a dessert. You get this whole thing about the huge materia. But yeah, you can avoid this. So then you go to Cosmo Candy and you do the whole thing with, you know, Bugenhagen. Yes, the planet is actually alive. The live stream is a thing. You know, and uh, you then have to go into the depths of Cosmo Canyon and clear out a bunch of like undead creatures. Yes, for Red 13's exposition. Yeah. So like, this is something I kind of wondered. So was Cosmo Canyon sitting on a gateway to hell or something? Because they never really explain where these undead people came from. There was a war that had taken place there. All right. And Red 13, for his for his entire life, was under the impression that his father was a coward. Because his father was... He, he felt that his father abandoned them during that war. However... Bugenhagen takes Red 13 and the party through the area of Cosmo Canyon that was sealed off. All of the enemies that are in there are ghosts from the tribe that they were at war with. At the end of all this, after the boss, you find out that no, actually, Red 13's dad, Sito, is, was not a coward. He actually fought them off single-handedly. And it got turned to stone for it. Got turned to, to which stone. I re- to, to which I reply. So give him a soft, give him a student <laughs> or something, please. Yeah, like, yeah you, no. you can buy them in the goddamn store in town. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. I'm not the only one who. <laughs> like unless this, unless this is a case of like his body is degraded after months and years of being exposed to the elements, and no, because you can see the stone statue, the stone figure crying. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's like, uh, he's still alive, like, you can fix that. <laughs> we, we, I, I, seriously, like, give me five seconds, I just gotta climb up there and give him a soft, like, I can I can fix this, I can fix this! Yeah, we can We can have the tearful family reunion right now! <laughs> I've yeah. got, I've got ten of these sitting in my inventory that are doing nothing. Yeah, we can fix this. Like, come on. Like, let's fix this. Which is like, no, he's dead. Like, no, he's not. (laughs) Fucking. All right. Wait wait a minute. Who do. Did he speak to Palam and Porum? I don't know. Fucking. It just. I mean, yeah, there are some moments in this game. For all my love for this game, there are some narrative moments that I'm just like, no, no, we can. there's there's moments in Final Fantasy in general where you can go like I can fix that. We have items to fix this. We can fix this. We, like yep. give us five seconds. We can fix this. <laughs> like you know, you know, like he's a stone. Sta- he's been petrified. No, we've got the technology. We have the tools. <laughs> we have the talent. It's, it's still a time. <laughs> so, no, so but no like, narrative. <laughs> narrative says no. No, so, so, no, you're not going to get the nice, tearful reunion between Red 13 and his hero father because of plot armor. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you finish up with Cosmo Canyon, you take the buggy, and now you go to Nibelheim. Yes! Oh, yeah. And this is when you start realizing there's something really fucking weird going on with this bullshit story Cloud gave you. Oh, yeah, this, ooh. because Because everything's rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Everything's rebuilt. Yeah, every everything is rebuilt, and your first big clue after that is no one recognizes Cloud. Yeah, 
Like, he, you go to Cloud's mother's house, which you believe was her house, and... No. Who, the, who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, who the fuck are you? And, like, there's someone else living there. Like, she says, oh, yeah, the person who lived here, like, they died a year or two ago from, like, natural causes. <laughs> and it's like, well, wait, what? Well, yeah. What? And not only that, but, you know, the people don't recognize Cloud, and there are also, you know, the, the occasional Sephiroth droppings. Yeah. <laughs> he also like everyone like people remember Tifa. Yep, they recognize Tifa, but Cloud to the who are you? <laughs> yeah, and so I'm going through this and I'm going, ooh, whoa, 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 Th yeah. this is home, this is homecoming. You know, where's my welcoming music? Da 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 da. Where is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's my where's my theme music? Huh? Uh, you can also go into the mansion. And this is the first time you get to run into Vincent. If you choose to, yes. Yes. If you choose to, and there is also an item in there, which this is the this is also the earliest you can get someone's level four limit break, <laughs> because do you know? Do you remember the safe? Oh yeah, this that safe that has is it's it's Vincent's limit break too, right? No, it's 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 Red Thirteenth. Okay, oh. sake. It's Red Thirteen's limit break. It's it's the safe, uh, and oh god, that boss. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it's not much of you when you fight right away because you can't really. <laughs> oh, but I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I mean, I, 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 can... I took that boss. <laughs> I think you can kill it. It's just really, really hard. It is. It is absolutely really. <laughs> it, Which boss is that? It's called. That... <laughs> it's called Lost Number. And it attacks you with both physical and magical attacks. So, you know, it, it, the fight's kind of like in two parts. The, the, the first part, you just beat the shit out of it. And around, mm -hmm. like, the halfway point, the boss splits up and kind of starts uh. to use either magic or physical attacks almost exclusively. And then, it's like, it's, it's, like, it's mostly resistant to one and really weak to the other. I think, right? Uh, no, it's not. We can, it, like, okay, if you, it, there's a purple half and a red half. Okay. So, as you're beating the shit out of this, uh, during the first part of the battle, you, the purple half will be the one that remains, which means it becomes resistant to physical attacks. So you use magic. If you used, mm -hmm. if you, you were using magic primarily, you switch over to physical. Okay. If you have, if you've managed to use Aerith's, uh, Aerith, you know, up to this point, and you managed to level up her limit breaks to the point where she has Seal Evil. Yeah. <laughs> um, it stuns the boss for a lot of turns, so you just beat the shit out of it. But, <sighs> because, you know, I knew, uh, uh, in my second playthrough, I knew what happens to Aerith. Spoiler alert, she dies. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, I said, fuck it, I'm not gonna waste all this time leveling her up knowing that she will be, once again, killed and not been able to be revived because plot armor. Um, yeah. So, but like... But I, Vincent. So you can, yeah, so you can eventually get Vincent. It takes a little bit of time. 
to do so, but you can't get Vincent when you go and leave Nibelheim. Yep. Um, you walk through the N- Nibble Mountain. Mount Nibble. Mount Nibble, whatever the <laughs> flip they call it. Um, and then you come out the back of it, and you get to this leaning rocket sitting in the horizon. Yes. And then you find into oh look, it's Rocket Town. Wait, you mean you mean Shinra actually decided to do something useful for a change? <laughs> <laughs> and they invested into NASA. We're gonna suck the Mako out of the moon. <laughs> yeah. So but, um, it, it, then you get introduced to Sid, the other swearing asshole in your party. <laughs> Yes, one of my one of my favorite characters. Now, Vincent. Going back to Vincent for a sec, I think if in for all of the the narrative goodness that was in this game, this was one area where I really felt that Square dropped the ball because Vincent has such an amazing backstory that only gets hinted at in the game. I mean, you have to wind up playing Crisis Core and Dirge of Cerberus to get the full aspect of Vincent's backstory, but he's such an interesting character. Like, first of all, why the fuck are you sleeping in a coffin? Yeah, like, literally, to get him to, in, into, to, to meet him, he is locked in a room in the basement of Shinra Mansion, and then after you get to the room where he's in, he's sleeping in a coffin. Yeah, and that was the. There were two items in that safe. One was Vincent. Uh, one was Red Thirteen's level four limit break item. The other is the key to that room. Yeah. So, so like, it, it it's really really too interesting too because they do explain some of his backstory, at least the more important parts, with side quest stuff for him and this two and this three, but it's just getting too this two and this three to begin with yeah and you know you get him you okay so you get to rocket town and you find out why there's this leaning rocket because sid had aspirations of being an astronaut and but one of his assistants you know in the name of safety thwarted that at the crucial moment because something was broken and sid realized he had Sid's heart grew three sizes that day and he's like oh I can go into space but then she dies because she's gonna burn up when the rocket like ignition goes off and incinerates that cargo hole so he calls off the launch and he has a perpetual grudge against Shara for the rest of the game (laughs) just completely treats her like shit (laughs) like you know I, I wanted to reach into my, my computer monitor, grab Sid by the scruff of his neck, and be like, get over yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not so fucking important enough. To- yeah. <laughs> but- so, also keep in mind, too, that at this point in time, he he was also working for Shinra. And he had made the high wind for them to use, although he made it for himself, and then they kind of stole it from him. Yeah, they did. To which he was like, okay, fine, whatever, sell the tiny Bronco. <laughs> yep. And then they said, oh, by the way, Shinra shows up in town and says, oh, by the way, we need a tiny Bronco now. And they were, Cloud was like, fuck that. And uh, 
They escape on the tiny Bronco, but it gets shot down, and now it becomes your makeshift boat. This also keep in mind, too, you, you fight um, Hildegar, too, in this one. Yeah, you fight Heidegger? Heidegger, yeah. You fight Heidegger, he throws some magic at you, he shoots, like, ice two guns at you, and he gets defeated because he gets scared, runs away, then gets hit by a truck that just shows up randomly for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Comic relief! <laughs> yeah. Comic relief. Alright, so now you have the tiny Bronco, which has become a makeshift boat. You can't fly it. It can only work in shallow water. <laughs> but because how they constructed the game, there's enough shoreline that you can snake your way around the shores and get to the next continent. Yep. Yes, you can. And you can also, at this point, I mean, you've got a couple of of side quests. You have Yuffie's side quest, um, in which, when you do that, you gain Le the summon Leviathan. Ooh, that is a fun one. And also, there's another cutscene in Wutai where you get to meet Don Cordio again! <laughs> uh, yep. Oh. Shrinky Dink! And, uh... <laughs> yeah, so... Like, Yuffie's side quest, I, I don't think you were meant to do it immediately after getting the Bronco. It just ended up being that, like... It was there. It was there, and people are like, oh, this new thing that's, like, way in the corner is, like, not Japan. Let's go and investigate not Japan. Uh -huh. Yuffie, you, you, you bitch, you stole all my material. Now I can't <laughs> leave because I don't have the material back. Yep. So yeah. you spent three hours doing this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and once again, you, you go, and Don Corneo, but, and here's the thing, Don Corneo, you know, he flees to Wutai, props to him for getting the fuck out of Midgar so quickly, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. wait, here's a, here's a question I have, there's really no planes in Final Fantasy VII, or boats for that matter. How the fuck did he get three quarters across the goddamn world in, in as much time as it took us? <laughs> Game Pro watch. Probably, probably the same way that Shinra managed to get the entire Junin cannon over to Midgar in about two minutes. <laughs> it, I mean, th there's definitely some disconnects in, in game logic here that are going on that it's just like, why? Well, I think the developers are just like, why not? Yeah, but you deal with Wutai, you beat some Turks, you get your materia back, and then if you want to, you could then have Yuffie go through the five stages of grief. Sorry, not grief, greed, and 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 get and get her um the materia from from the Wutai for to get Leviathan. Yeah, to get Leviathan, which admittedly is a pretty strong materia. Yeah, but good fucking luck getting beating her father because holy shit, that's a really hard boss fight. It is <laughs> doable, but like I said, I leveled up. I didn't do that side quest right away. I did the yeah. uh, I did the Don Corneo one right away. I waited because I knew I was gonna have to go through the Tower of Five Shits to. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so we so we you can deal with Yuffie, but then you go to 
the ancient pyramid next, right? The Temple of the Ancients, yes. Yeah. Where you get to, where you are introduced to the idea of the, the something called the black materia. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So also more introductions to the to the notion that something ain't right with cloud. Well, you find out about the Temple of the Ancients. You don't go to it right away. Um but you, you, you're told that you need to get an item called the Keystone to get to the temple. And yeah. so you have to go back to the Gold Saucer because the owner just happens to have this. This really, really ancient item needed to get into an ancient temple. Because it looked pretty. I think it was basically, <laughs> I think it was his basic explanation. So oh, you, yeah, I bought this because it looked pretty. So... <laughs> Not only did he, this guy already make Cloud have to win a chocobo race for his freedom, Cloud also has to entertain him some more by doing fights in the battle arena at Gold Saucer. Ugh. <laughs> but while you're back in this Gold Saucer for the second time, Cloud goes on a date night. Ooh. <laughs> with, with one random... With one member of the cast. Now, it's meant to be, like, one of the females, but it can also end up being Barrett. Yep. So, you have that. Or Sid, too, in, in theory, I think, is possible. Not likely, but I think it's possible. Um, so, you have a date night in the Gold Saucer, yay. And also, at this point, you find out that Kate Sith is not all who he's he's said he was. Yeah, he's working with Shinra. And he's, he's a spy. Yeah, he's a yeah. he's reporting to the Turks and again <laughs> a shadowy figure. <laughs> so anyway, we get to the temple of the ancients. We fight our way through it. We get the black materia, and then we get more introduction to Sephiroth showing up and screwing with things, but not before we fight Demon Wall. Oh yes, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Demon Wall, probably the first major, um, like boss check in the game, really. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I could agree with that. You know, if you had been playing, if you were a fan of Final Fantasy all throughout the series, and if this wasn't your first game, you'd look at this and be like, "Oh, hi, Final Fantasy Four. <laughs> nice of you to show yeah. up." <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, to be fair, he's pretty creepy in seven. So, like, props to them for that. But like, this is probably the first boss battle where you're like, it's an actual. You can't just like whack him with that. You actually have to think about what you're gonna do and how you kill him because, um, he'll do his his wall charge and it's gonna pretty much wreck half your party, unless you know how to prepare for it. Yes. So you get to the temple. You find out that. The black materia is the ultimate black magic. It's meteor. Yeah. <laughs> Where you literally summon a meteor to impact your foe. Which, sure, sounds powerful. Only then they do the logical re- repercussions of it and lead to it being like, you know, wrecking the entire ecosystem, 10,000 years of Vice Age and bullshit like that. <laughs> um also find out that the temple itself is the black materia yep. that the ancients were able to like expand out into into it and that the only way to get it it would be to literally 
have it collapse in on someone and kill them in the process. Yep. Because it's trapped in like this like holographic puzzle box. Yep. Um, but this is when we find out that the backstabbing asshole that is Kate Sith <laughs> and his pu- puppet body actually comes in useful. It's because, because it's a robot. It's bo- because <laughs> it's a robot. <laughs> and... So he's just like, okay, I, I, I'll just leave the puppet body to solve it and then <laughs> send in a new one yeah, to, to I, replace it. I volunteer his tribute and <laughs> he does that. And so they get the black materia and then because... Right on cue, you do a good thing. This no good deed goes unpunished. Sephiroth goes, No, I command you to give it to me. <laughs> and Cloud, being the dumbass mind controlling idiot, mind controlled idiot that he is, says, Oh, sure, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'll give it mm-hmm. to you. Like I said, intelligence is his dumb stat. It is. And, <laughs> and he also begins attacking Eris. Mm hmm. But. Stopping everything is Kate Sith number two, which just happens to show up right there. Yeah. I'll save you! You know, just... <laughs> so you, um, wake up in the Zach and Zach's hometown. Um, and Cloud's like, well, I can't entirely trust myself now, so I'm gonna, like, if I still want to deal with Sephiroth, so I'm gonna go out, out, out with, the, with you guys still, just Keep an eye on me in case I go loony again. Yes. And oh, by the way, Ares goes missing. Yes. She has fled because she's hearing voices. And so is Cloud. So, <laughs> cuckoo! <laughs> <laughs> so, you go and chase after Ares because she's going for something called the, which she thinks is called the white material, which is meant to be like the... Holy. Yeah, which is yeah, meant holy. to... The, yeah, I mean, we know it's holy, but it, the, her explanation is... It's meant to be the exact opposite of meteor. Like it's meant to be the the, the thing that stops meteor from wrecking the planet. Right, and you, you're given this in a sort of dream sequence. Yeah, that Aerith is has gone to the sleeping forest, and so Cloud and company bumble their way to Bone Village, which you have to do this mini game to find a key within these ruins. You have to find the lunar harp. Yeah. So you you get to to enter the forest in Coral Valley, which go to the Forgotten City. Do some City. digging. Yep. Do some digging. Get the lunar harp. Then you go through the forest, and then you get to the, to the abandoned city. You get to the abandoned city, and you find Eris in prayer. It's this gorgeously beautiful thing, and you're you're about to get Eris, and then again, Cloud assumes suddenly Harbinger comes in. <laughs> Assuming direct control. Yeah, Harbinger comes in at this point again. Assuming control. You know, just and there's Cloud with his Buster Sword getting ready. You know, to 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 just basically behead Eris, and Cloud in a moment of sanity realizes. It realizes That's a bad like, idea. like like solid snake like no I can't do it <laughs> yeah um, I cannot crush gray fox with metal gear yeah, to, to which to which Eris looks up and goes oh cloud you're here hi how are you Q Sephiroth diving in from the rafters and shanks are like <laughs> shanks are the phantom of the no, just just come <laughs> just come and, 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 and admittedly like. I mean, we're, we're making fun of it now, but it's just more so because of the fact that, like, 
We've had 20 years to look We've had 20 yeah. years to reflect on it. And it's just like... Like, it, and the first time playing it, like, because the internet wasn't really a thing back then. I mean, it existed, but it wasn't, <laughs> like, as widespread as it was. So no one really had the ability to spoil it for you. So it's yeah. like, oh, Ares, is, Ares got stabbed. Well, I'll heal her. Wait, what do you mean she's dead? I'll just, like, uh, again. Wait, wait, we, what? Like, <laughs> again, we, you know, we have the Phoenix Downs. We can do this. Uh, yeah. But no, uh, yes, we're, we're making fun of it. But when you when you saw this for the first time back in 1997, or the first time you played it, this is a fucking powerful scene in the game. Yeah. You know? because, because mind you, mind you, too, this is also the first time we hear Ares' theme. Nope. Oh wait, no. I'm sorry. You hear it in her house like, with you Elmira. Hear it, you hear, yeah, you hear it in her house when you first like get introduced to yep. her growing up as a kid. Yep. But like then you hear it being played when the materia falls off from her dead body and goes into the water. Yeah, you know, and you know, floods of tears at this point. I yeah. He's yeah. and, and yeah, and mind you, the entire music plays while you're fighting Genova too. Yes. After yeah, you know you, and I'm I am will be the first to admit I saw this scene and I'm bawling. <laughs> you know, not only has has Eris been a great character, uh, it was probably the first time I was really really introduced to the idea of a of a permadeath. Yeah, major major character death. Major permadeath here. You yeah. know, at age. It's, like, it's also yeah, it's also interesting too because. Compared to most of the other people in the cast, like Ares is a like very soft natured like she can handle herself, but she's a generally speaking a very kind soul. In this world of like grime and dirt and like general nastiness, there's this one speck of light that's like 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 the precious flower meant to be meant to be protected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it this pure character here, this perfect cinnamon roll, and yeah, and Seth Ross says, "Yeah, no, fuck you, Seth, stab it." Yeah. <laughs> and and you're right, you know, you have Eris's theme playing not only as she's dying, but also Sephiroth is basically just like, oh, "Hey, good, done, see ya." And yeah, yeah, and, and to which Cloud's like, "She's dead, you piece of shit, and I'm gonna fucking kill you." And he says, "I'll like, I'd like to see you try." Flies off and leaves another piece of Genova for you to deal with. And it's not—you don't have the boss music. It's still Eris's theme going. Yeah. So you're sobbing while you're trying to take out all of this teenage rage. <laughs> yeah. So you finish up with the thing. You do a burial service for. For Eris. Yep, yeah, which, I'll never let go. Yeah. Um. And then. And <laughs> end, then end of disc, disc one. one. End disc one. End of disc one. So the end of disc one ends on that emotional note. Yeah. And you're just you're just wrecked because you've also yeah. lost a healer. Yeah, she was. <laughs> mind you, she was the best. The best caster in the game. Period. Bar none. She is. She is that. If she. If she's good at one thing, she's really fucking good at magic. And, you know, if you were leveling up Eris over the course of disc one, 
you know, it did, I, and I don't know how many people it occurred to going, wow, she's getting her le- her limit break, her stronger limit breaks really quickly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it didn't occur to me, but like, I, 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 once I realized what she like, why when she died, I was like, oh, oh, she's actually dead. Oh, that explains why I got her level four limit break like three quarters of the way through the disc. <laughs> and it just. And for years, actual years, people were writing into video game magazines asking if there was some sort of hidden code or cheats <laughs> to bring Eris back. The funny thing is, too, is that there actually is some dialogue on the disc for Eris in Disc 2 and Disc 3. Oh, don't give them hope. No, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, actually, like, I'm actually being serious here. Like, there's actual dialogue for Disc 2 and Disc 3. But mind you, this is meant. Like, this isn't like. This is her like saying "hmm" or "hum" or "I agree." Like, there's. A, it's not like anything. It's not exposition. Any, yeah. Like, and game hacking is, with Game Genius can give you can give her back to you, but like, in those cutscenes, you only get those like two or three pieces of dialogue. Like, they had basically planned it out ahead of time, where yeah, she was gonna die. So. And so, you know, that's the end of disc one. And, and, and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but we've gone two and a half hours and we just <laughs> got to the end of disc one. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, to be fair, I, I think disc two and three, we can blow through a lot faster because a lot of the story stuff does happen in disc one. It does. However, again, it's been uh, almost an hour and a half since we can the take inter- a break. we'll take a second break <laughs> for the third half. <laughs> We're now we're going uh, Douglas uh, Adams here because now I really do need to pee at this point. So yeah. we'll yeah. take another break, and on the third half, <laughs> <laughs> we will go the rest of the way. <laughs> so on 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 that, we will sob over the death of Eris here. <laughs> You're listening still to downloadable content. 20th episode, Final Fantasy VII, will return again. <laughs> <laughs>